Hey everybody, welcome to Conversation and Romance, the podcast. How are you doing this evening? My name is Jeff Johnson, I'm here, I'm your proprietor. Ooh, that music's coming in loud and strong. A little island vibe for us there. How is everybody this evening? This, uh, you might be seeing two podcasts being posted today, and that's the reason is, is that, uh, the first podcast was actually the podcast, and that's where we talk about life and liberty and the pursuit of relationships and trauma behaviors, and I don't know, we talk about everything. It's kind of like free therapy, right? You're more than welcome to join us over there. But this particular version, when we record these at night, we're actually reading a book. We're reading a romance novel by the name of uh, Burning Ember, uh, which is done by an artist that I am an author. I'm very, very proud to say is, I feel like Johnny Carson every time I do this, but I'm very, very proud to say that she is not only a fantastic author that has a way of, of almost in one character, I mean, one, one, one paragraph building a character so deep that you're immediately in love with them. Um, she's also a friend of mine. Her name is Sarah Arden. Uh, well, that, that's her pen name for this particular book was Sarah Arden. So, uh, let's see, we are doing chapter six, right? I think I hit a button. Yeah, chapter six. So we're, we've got one through five is already posted up on the podcast. We've got it posted on our Patreon. If you do Patreon, bell out one, three, five, zero, zero. Uh, we might even be, are we putting these up on YouTube? Talking to my executive producer there. She's tweaking and twerking around the, uh, on the live on TikTok. So we've, uh, we've gone multimedia at the moment, trying to get more. I think we've, uh, Shirley doesn't know this yet, but I'm gonna pin her down for about two hours with one of these software people. We're going to work out how to go live one platform everywhere that you can call in and say, Hey, this show sucks. I know. Go on about to talk about everything from there. So in the meantime, like I said, let's get back to book. This is Burning Ember by Sarah Arden. We have, uh, when we first found our characters, when we fired this thing up, we found ourselves in, confronted in a bar that was owned by a widow, a fireman's widow. And then our hero for this particular book is named Hayden. He was in there having a drink. It was on the day, anniversary day of the defining moment of his career. The first time he really was called to be a hero to put his life on the line. And he hesitated. Yeah. And when he hesitated, he caused a, a young, beautiful woman to have some injuries and go through a long time of uh, well, rehab, right? So on that day of the anniversary of their, their saving, him saving her and they, uh, he went up to talk to her and they, they decided they were going to try to be more, more of a friend, more friendly. And they accidentally fell asleep on a couch in each other's arms, woke up and then went the next day there or later that day, they went to a barbecue and kissed each other. And now they're struggling because Hayden has, has confessed to her that he has felt he, he hesitated and caused those injuries when he could have saved her better. He's not the man that he didn't really go that far. He's getting there. She, she has not told it. She kind of alluded to his mother, Allison, which is one of my favorite characters. I love her in this book. 
But she kind of told Allison, listen, one of these days I'm going to tell you the truth and you're not going to love me anymore. So now they're trying to figure out, they're kind of, they do this silly little kid thing of trying to say, we're pretending like we're meeting each other for the first time. And the girl that was burned lives somewhere else in another town. So they're all starting fresh. So here we go. Burning Ember by Sarah Art. It's available over on Amazon, $3.99. Help a girl out. Burning Ember, Chapter 6. He was back on shift and he could not stop thinking about her. He had gone from seeing her once a year to every day this week, and it wasn't enough, man. But now that he was on shift, he wouldn't see her again for 72 hours. He didn't want to go that long, but he wanted to breathe her in with every breath he took. He wanted to bask in the light. I mean, she seemed to bring it with her everywhere she went. It didn't matter. It was cold outside. She always brought the light. So... Snapping him out of it, her little brother, our big brother walked in and said, you ready for the tower run? Always, dude. Which was such a lie. If he had to run the tower right now, he would puke his guts up. He was still stuffed from the food baby on the barbecue. Yeah. It's like, he was going to get it out eventually, but you know. All right. <laughs> so, the Grammy's fried chicken. He, he, he pulled enough of that in there to like you know, feed a company. And then the pulled pork, so don't even think about that. And his brother looked at him, looked at his gut and said, I know you're lying, dude, like uh, like a tile floor. Yeah, I know. You are too. You don't want to run it right now. I said, hell no. I'd like to see you haul your ass up there right now. Well, only if something was literally actually on fire, Royce leaned back to like, gosh. But you know, mom has taken a real sound to Sophie now, hasn't she? Yeah, it really does seem that way. He didn't really have anything else to say about it, right? But stop pushing it, man. Me? I wasn't. I was just asking. You know, Royce was always innocent. He wore his uh, faux innocent expression everywhere he went. Dude, you know you're as bad as mom. <laughs> am I? If I am, dude, she would be so proud. <laughs> just, hey, hey. After rolling his eyes, Hayden's like, just dude, dude, just just worry about yourself. Oh, I, I do. I've got a plan. Oh, you have a plan. Oh, yeah, I have a plan. Well, let's hear it. No, no. No, my plan is not for public consumption. Just suffice to say, I'm not stagnating. I took my own advice. I'm going to get some reps in, bro. No matter how he tried, Royce was basically just a joke. Royce is laughing at him. So you're either running away or, you know, I'm going to win the tower. You're not winning shit, brother. I got this. It was basically one of his favorite things in life was beating Royce. I don't want to win shit, brother. It's just like I don't want to eat pieces of shit like you for breakfast. See? That's your problem. You don't. Do you guys know it walks in like, would y'all just shut up? Do you guys ever make a point? Just go. <laughs> he said, I swear, if y'all weren't related, I would recommend y'all date. You got to love Noah. Noah doesn't care what he's doing or where he's going. He's dating somebody or trying to date somebody there, period. Royce was so unfazed. 
He looks at Noah. He goes, listen, dude, I saw you talking to Aaron Sterling. Obviously, everyone saw me talking to Aaron and a lot of other people. I talked to everybody. Actually, we were talking about something of interest. Oh, do tell Hayden asked. Was it her phone number, perhaps? Well, of course it was her phone number, but it wasn't for nefarious purposes. She wants to actually set up a fundraiser for a new shelter. Yeah. So, she wants to set up a fundraiser. So that means we have to do another fireman's calendar? Dude, I'm going to need a few weeks after yesterday just to get back in fighting shape. <laughs> no less. No, no, no. That and, well, that and something new, actually. Wait. What do you mean, something new? What if we did a calendar and a bachelor auction? Oh, well, I mean, that could be fun. Actually, that could be a lot of fun, Hayden. You in? I mean, it's for charity. Well, sure, why not? What, you don't have to check with Sophie? Ooh, you gotta go check with Sophie. Hey, man, I don't have to check with Sophie. We're just friends. Besides, she'd be fine with it. Wouldn't she? I don't know. It hadn't actually occurred to him that he'd need to check. But, and now that he did, it, it really didn't sit well. They, I mean, they didn't belong to each other like property or anything, right? He just, I mean, he just kissed her. Is this barely, is that even first base now? Oh, well. He was trying to imagine his father asking his mother, or his mother asking his father. And, yeah. No, they didn't inform the other of the thing they decided to do, but... So, as he was thinking about it, Noah, Noah leans in and says, Hey, brother. So that means I can ask her out, right? He goes, Well, huh, of course you can ask. But you won't be pretty with no teeth, brother. So keep 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 pushing. <laughs> he was playing with Noah, of course, or so he thought. But really, the idea of him even thinking about it and thinking about playing with Noah and asking Sophie out just pissed him off in ways that he wasn't ready to think about yet. I mean, so much for not belonging to each other like property. What the hell? He Don't you hate it when you answer your own questions like a dang Neanderthal? So Noah took zero umbrage. Instead, he laughed. But yeah, you're just friends, right? You want to knock out your fire brother's teeth, but you're just friends. Well, to be fair, I wouldn't let any of my friends go out with you. You'd break their hearts. And we can't have that, so you can't. Why does nobody worry about my heart, Noah says. Are you in for the auction, bro? Sure, why not? Sounds like a good time. Let's do it. Oof. Hayden was all about the charity and upon further consideration. He was sure Sophie would be too. I told her she could count on us. I'll let her know we're in. Is that something you have to do often, Finnegan? Let a lady know you're in? Oh, shit. I was just thinking that same thing. But What are we, 12? Yeah, clean it up, boys. Clean it up. Yeah, yeah, sometimes. Whatever. Hey, you guys got visitors. No hanky-panky on the truck this time. After Backdraft came out, we just can't even do that. Remember, this book's like 15 years old. <sighs> yeah.
after that movie, though, every every firehouse in the country, every time a teenager would come in, somebody was humping on the back of a truck. So somebody was grumping. It had always tended to be Lieutenant Chance McCade, right? It's, but he was a good man and his father's best friend, so practically an uncle in his life. So he was he grumbled, "Yes, sir. No one is here to see you, Royce." McCade snorted. It was Sophie. Of course it was Sophie. He was missing her. He manifested her. Today, she was wearing another dress. One of those sundresses that she wore. This one was a mint green. With tiny yellow flowers. He could almost smell it. The flowers, you jackasses. The flowers. Huh. And look at that. She was carrying a picnic basket. Your mom suggested I bring this by. Sophie fidgeted. She did say it was okay, but but if you're busy, hey man, uh, I got no fires to speak of, none at all. <clears throat> so Royce was still standing there, and he reached for the basket, and quick like a fox, Sophie spun away like poop, like ninja training. No, 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 no. There's nothing in there for you, <laughs> Mom. Or wait, are you telling me that? No. Uh, my mother did not pack a basket and not send me anything. Royce's eyes was, then he was thinking, did she really? Well, Sophie looked back and said, well, I'm afraid she did, sir. And she specifically said there was nothing inside for you. <laughs> that you had to get your own friend. Oh, mama. You have to get your own friend to come by and bring your stuff. I love this. I just, I just don't have any of this in my life, right? And Noah, of course, Noah was still standing there, and he's like, "Good luck." He didn't have any friends at all. Neither do you, you jackass. If we were gauging about who brings us picnics, Bill sent from his office. Hell, Allison didn't send me anything either, boys. So just shut up. Bill, of course she did. I've got some strawberry shortcake in here just for you. Sophie rummaged around the basket and handed him a red plastic container. Bill secretly knew she did. He just wanted to make sure everybody stopped to see it. She still loves me, doesn't she? She still loves me. Hayden, Sophie asked, do you have time for lunch? Hey, Royce, sure with a tower. He glared at his brother. Yeah, I'd love to see it, she said. I bet you have a big tower. She didn't say that. I said that. He took the basket and said, come on. It's quite a few stairs, but you can see all the way to the lake. It's beautiful up there. So she followed him, not complaining once about all those stairs. He was tempted to offer to carry her, but he didn't know his own limitations. When they got to the top, she looked at him and said, your mom said this would be okay. Oh, oh, it is. It is. Okay, but if the alarm goes, I'll have to cut and run. But we don't actually do very much. We hang around the station, help with the fire safety inspections, and do training exercises and education, and we clean some shit every now and then. But it's not that glamorous, really. It, I mean, it is a little bit. I mean, look at the view. And you get to come up here whenever you want. I'd be up here all the time. Well, so if we're not training, you can come up here whenever you like. Really? Thank you. Her eyes were now sparkling, and her smile was again real. And this time, 
It was very relaxed. He had never much thought about what it was like on top of the tower. I mean, what it would look like to someone who hadn't had the opportunity to see it every day. It really was breathtaking. So, uh, I'm not actually hungry, he said. But I am, I am glad you came, though. Well, I thought you'd be tired of me by now. Oh, not a chance. He took the blanket his mother had so thoughtfully provided in the basket and spread it out for them near the doorway, so the overhang offered her some shade. This friendship thing was a good idea. Yeah, I think so, too. She took a container out and popped it open. Strawberry shortcake, baby. <laughs> I love that she just looked at him and said, Dude, life's short. Eat dessert first. Yeah, well, he might not have been hungry, but he was bored with that, right? That mama shortcake, he wasn't passing that up. So it made it a lot easier to answer the next question, right? We go to Ben's place whenever we're off on the weekends. I mean, it's nothing fancy, but I'd like it if you came with me. Hmm. Sophie looks at him. Are we going as friends? Oh, shit. <laughs> Dun, dun, dun. Here we go as friends. And he says, Aw. <laughs> he says, Always friends. But I'd like to call this something else, so I'm not comfortable with just friends. <laughs> she smiled, and it was a shy and kind of soft and sweet, and Everything that made him want to kiss her, hold her, protect her from the rest of the world. <laughs> it was a date. Yeah, it was a date. It's a date. Suddenly, it, it just didn't seem so crazy. It, it didn't seem like this was wrong, like it was something he wasn't supposed to have. <laughs> and as she's... Pressing her toes in the ground and biting her lip, she says, okay. And looked up at him. Said, yes. <sighs> and the alarm suddenly, clang, 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 came the clatter. Are you kidding me? The alarm clanged and Hayden didn't hesitate. Gotta go. He was on his feet and dashing down the stairs back to the firehouse. All his insecurities and doubts were brushed aside to make room for his singular focus. He moved quickly and deftly, but with practiced, efficient motions, dressing in his turnout gear and heading toward the truck faster than you can imagine. Then he realized <laughs> no one else was moving. <laughs> they were watching him like it was some sort of sporting event. <laughs> Royce and Norm were snickering. <laughs> Lieutenant McCade was laughing. That's a good one, boy. I have never seen you move so fast. I don't know why he's got that accent. Wait, 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 wait. There's no call? Well, not unless you count teenagers getting Letitia Fuddleberry's surly old mule drunk on Boone's farm, no. I mean, he's currently eating his way through Ann Esther's Underhill's begonias, but... Esther called because she says uh, she's going to burn down Letitia's bar. 
Yeah, I mean, useless anyway, right? It, it doesn't stay in it. Then you guys are dicks. <laughs> oh, man. I love the way she writes it. <sighs> I don't know. This might not be any good tonight if it, because I'm probably, I think I'm just here. I, 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 I think I'm enjoying the book too much. Mm. Oh, but that is classic. But here's the truth. The truth is when she did that, when, when I read that, I'm like, you bitch. How would you do such a, such a, that is so, that is so for, that's so not, that's such a bullshit move. That's so like third grade romance. Uh, oh, we're about to clang, clang, clang. Oh, I've got to go. That's, I was like, no, you cannot be, oh, cliche. That's the word. How can you be so cliche? And then, ah, then it's like, okay, nobody's moving. She, just when I thought I was out, she sucks me back in. All right, so he's uh, he's now just realized that there is no there is no alarm. And as he stood there breathing in and out with measured practice, his adrenaline still high and his body ready to pounce like a cat to any non-existent emergency he can find at this point. Just give me something to pounce off. Ooh, watch it out, so. So Bill, Bill came over and claps him down on the shoulder. Just trying to show you something, son. You didn't hesitate to do your job, did you? Dick. You left that pretty girl all alone up on the tower. <laughs> you didn't spare her a thought, did you? You heard the alarm and you, you, you responded. He squeezed his shoulder really, really hard and gave it a slap, right? Something to think about, son. Something to think about. I see what you're trying to do, Dad. But I need you mom both to stop with the lessons stop with the advice <laughs> and stop with the medley <laughs> so one of the things about the way she writes is that safety that's the definition of safety inside of a relationship, everybody. That's, he's safe to tell his dad to fuck off in a conversational, romantic way, in a way that doesn't hurt anybody's feelings, in a way that shows that he respects his dad, but he still is telling the dad what to do. And his dad, with all due respect, comes back and looks at him deeply in the eyes and very, very attentively says, son, You'll sooner sell hair bows to hornets than keep your mother out of this. And I'm not staying out either, so I respect you for saying that, but we want you to be happy. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, come on. That's just perfect. Anyway, I'll get there, Dad, but I'll do it on my own. 
Well, son, we're not convinced you will, and you're taking too long for our taste, actually. Your mom and I are ready for grandchildren, and that's just all there is. Children? Dad, we haven't even been on a real... I haven't even been on a date in real eight years. You, you need to back that train up just a little bit. Hey, no one said tomorrow. But, you know, next week would be nice. Think about it. That's all I'm saying. Just think about it. Bill went back to his office if he hadn't just dropped a bomb. <laughs> he had. And it wasn't hard to imagine that kind of future with Sophie, to tell you the truth, that he thought about it. And without any effort at all, really, he and she had become a they. It had been so natural. It had been so easy. Children. And Sophie. You know, for a second, just a single tiny second, everything he wanted growing up was possible. Oh, shit. He'd never been that boy who thought girls were icky or that commitment was terrifying or that love was any kind of weakness. No. Not until the first time he had hesitated to run into the fire. Royce made fun of him when they were kids because when the neighbor girls wanted to play house instead of ghosts in the graveyard, Hayden would play along sometimes. And it was even his idea a time or two. His father's words, though, made him think of what it would be like to come home to Sophie, sharing a meal with her, little faces waiting for him to call Daddy, spending quiet nights together just being... Covered in baby shit, a little bit of baby food, and where is the what is that smell? Yeah, all those things sounded perfect to him. I mean, they weren't ready for anything of the sort, but thinking about it was possible. I mean, thinking that it was a future might be out there is what kind of filled him with a kind of peace that he had never really expected. Hey, Bill said, where'd Noah go? I bet he's up there trying to make time with your pretty friend. <laughs> you know, I bet if we put her up there when we do our run, I bet Hayden would win. I'll win anyway, but yeah, it wouldn't hurt. He took the stairs down two at a time just to prove to himself that he could. <laughs> he took the stairs up. Two at a time, just to prove what he could. Definitely felt a little bit of it by the last flight. He wasn't going to tell anybody. It kept him in shape. She was still sitting there. No, no insight, thank God. And Sophie looked at him, but while well, she was still all that was sweet and good, there was a hunger in her eyes this time. Oof. Something about it was different. And all of a sudden, he realized that hunger was for him. From that very moment, <clears throat> all softer thoughts faded to the background. And he imagined other things on the couch with her. Soft cries, heated touches. It changed the way he thought of her. The way he felt about his thoughts, though. Oof. I mean, let's face it, she wasn't a kid. I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't a victim. Sophie was a woman, grown woman. A beautiful, grown woman who decided that she wanted him. 
He couldn't fathom why, but the way she looked at him now was more than hero worship. It was earthy, primal. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> Damn it. The guilt he had felt for wanting her had all of a sudden disappeared. Not that it ever had a chance to hold its own on the onslaught of the fire. The fire that burned between them. He, he kept looking at, I mean, shit, he, sorry, I'm getting all riled up. Keep looking at me that way, Sophie, and I might forget we uh, just exactly where we are. Hey, and I don't know what you mean. I've always looked at you like this. <sighs> Could that be true? He, would he have not noticed? He, he definitely would have noticed, right? Would, or wouldn't he? I mean, maybe not. Maybe he had been so ramped up in his own shame for his failure that he'd completely missed the reality of the woman in front of him. But the silence hung between them now, weighted with expectation, or maybe it was anticipation. She looked back up at him in <clears throat> whatever way she did, softly, and said, So... There's no fire. Oh, there was definitely a fire, but it burned between them. It was hot, baby. He was afraid it was going to incinerate them both. He mustered up English, enough English to say it was just the guys giving me a little grief. She smiled and she kind of grinned a little bit and said your mom was... I'm very aware that was going to happen, but she also said it wouldn't hurt you to take a bit of teasing from time to time, Mr. Perfect. Royce had been right, actually. Sophie hadn't been living. Not really. In these last few days, she had seemed to bloom. Her light shone just a little brighter. Or was he just finally seeing? Was he just finally really seeing her? Without the filter. I mean, she stood up and she straightened her dress. And he said, as, as, as pretty as you are in your gear. Or she said, I have to, I have to go. I, I do have a client session. I love it when a, when a woman calls a man pretty. Okay. You, you don't want to start out with, Hey, pretty boy. But, but I think when a woman that, that has your attention, that has your respect. When they call you pretty, I think it's, I think it's very endearing. So <clears throat> she does have a client session. She has to go. So he, he took her hand and drew her close. It came easily. She came easily, but her body fitting against his, well, even his turnout gear. Oh, it was too much. Hayden leaned in and kissed her cheek. He had wanted to do so much more, but for now, this was enough. Thank you for lunch. Yeah. As she put her hands on his shoulder, she rose up on a tiptoe to return the kiss and said, I'll see you Friday. It was a casual brush of her lips against his cheek. Innocent, but still somehow... God, how... How could such an innocent kiss on the cheek 
<clears throat> be the most erotic thing that he'd ever had. I mean, she smelled so good, like somehow like lemons and sugar cookies and her hair was soft against his skin when, when she released him, my goodness. The loss of her was almost like a physical pain. And something dark sparked in the back of his mind. A whisper of dread almost in his ear. This was all going to crash and burn. And neither of them were going to make it out unscathed. Holy shit, that, the part of him that just wanted to help people, that just wanted to save them, it was screaming. It told him that the person he needed to save here was himself. The man he wanted to be didn't have any connections, any ties that made him weak. But, 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 <clears throat> what if her, what if Sophie made him weak? What if, what if she already made him want to be a better man, a better firefighter? What if, what if they could actually have this? He walked her to her car. And when she came back inside, Royce greeted him with a slap to the shoulder. Hey, Ned, Sophie, sitting in the tree. Shut up, dude. Oh, yeah, shut up. You want to do the tire run now, boy? Big boy. You better get this out of your system before Friday. She's coming with us. And if you can't control yourself, Livy Dodd and I just may have to spend some time together. Uh, Uh-oh. All mirth was gone from his face. Hey, hey, that's not funny. Hayden grinned. Things are looking up, brother. Obviously, his brother had something for Libby Dodd the barber. Things are looking up, brother. He headed to his locker to strip out of his gear. Royce and tail. You weren't really going to say anything to Libby now, were you? Hayden didn't answer. Look. She wouldn't even let me be her friend or look her out for her like Ben asked me to if you didn't say anything. I'm not kidding. She won't. I mean, she's like almost willing to cut me loose anyway. <clears throat> Hayden turned to look at his brother. Not so funny when it's your turn, is it? Hey, you and Sophie aren't the same, he grinned. Maybe it looks the same to those of us on the outside. Look at where you are now, though. That sweet girl is bringing you picnic lunches at the station with Mom's blessing. You needed extra help. Livy doesn't look at me the way Sophie looks at you. <clears throat> Hayden, he, he scratched his head for his head. Are you sure about that? Hey, leave this alone, Hayden. Now, now Royce is not comfortable. Hey, take your own advice. <laughs> He hated seeing his brother conflicted like this, especially about his best friend's widow. But he knew he needed Royce to understand that his own situation was just as complicated and his relationship with Sophie was just as complex. <clears throat> Maybe Sophie's wasn't... Wait. <clears throat> Hang on. Maybe Sophie wasn't his dead ben, uh, dead's best friend's widow. But they shared a deep connection, and they'd been fraught. That connection had already been fraught with landmines and wounds that hadn't been healed, just the same as Royce and Libby. Huh. So after consideration, Royce was like, "Is that is it really that serious already?" <laughs> hey, why do you even have to ask that? 
We gave each other a healthy ro- uh, ration of crap, but I thought we knew each other better than that, brother. You're right. Aiden. I'm sorry, man. I get wrapped up in my own shit sometimes. And let's be honest, poking fun of you makes it easier to deal with my shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, misery loves company and all. Right? Oh, it's not even that, brother. I mean, I guess if I could focus on you, one of us will get what we want. Aiden didn't know what to say to that, so he gave Royce his own advice. Maybe you should talk to her. Like, really talk to her. Like, no flirting. Like, talk to Libby. Ah, come off it. You know how to speak to her. You can do it. Just do what you want to do. Just don't. You just don't want to hear the answer, right? Is that all you're worried about? He said, yeah. You're right. I don't want to hear the answer. Uh, that's it. That's chapter six. Well, I thought the ending of that sucked. I lost focus. I couldn't. I think I got tired. I should have stopped. Oh, that's it, everybody on the podcast. I apologize for that ending. I think I got sidetracked. <clears throat> I'm I'm new at this too. This is only my second one to do ever in time. It's our second book, but I do love that thing. Hey, Robert Ruby. So we're going to go live on the TikTok, everybody. That is the that is the read for the night. That's chapter six. We'll be back here tomorrow to post up chapter seven. This takes about 20 minutes to get it up. Hey, no jokes about that. So we'll have this up shortly. I am open to all of your feedback, good, bad behaviors. I don't care what you like, what you don't like, anything away. So I, uh, I will see you guys tomorrow night. We'll see you guys in just a second. Thank you for joining us over on the podcast. Uh, if you haven't listened to the most recent episode, give it a shot. I'd be really interested to see how we handle that communication between adults. And we are out. See you, bud.